Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We are looking for a winner right here at 92.3 The Fan. Enter the word bacon, B-A-C-O-N, bacon, at 92.3thefan.com by 1 p.m., for your chance to win a four-pack of combo meals from Mr. Hero. You can check out Mr. Hero's new value menu, and you can download Mr. Hero's mobile app to learn to uh, earn loyalty points. I'll get that taken care of for you. Coupons, a whole lot more. Loyalty points, coupons, more. You'll love it. Bacon is the word. Uh, so bacon right now at 92.3thefan.com by 1 p.m. Courtesy of Mr. Hero and 92.3thefan. All right, let's talk a little Cavaliers basketball. They're playing some pretty good hoops right now. They've won seven of the last ten games, five-game winning streak, and Chris Fedor covers them for Cleveland.com. Plain Dealer also does a fantastic job when we hear him on the radio here on 92.3 The Fan, and he is on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Hello, Chris. We are good. We are good, my friend. This team's starting to – Jeff and I were talking about this before the show. Is it a little bit the opponent – and what they're doing, or is this team starting to come together despite injuries? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of factors. I think anytime you talk about numbers, anytime you talk about a record, it requires perspective during this five-game winning streak. The Cavs have beaten all teams below 500, and a majority of their wins this year and a majority of their wins during this stretch of 13 games without Evan Mobley and Darius Garland are against teams with the record below 500. So perspective is always required, but at the same time, they're missing 40% of their starting lineup and they're 10 and three over this stretch. So no matter how you break it down, that's really, really impressive. And they deserve a lot of credit for finding a new way to play offensively and rediscovering their defensive identity and showing that, even in the face of injuries that could have been crippling, where a lot of people wrote them off, um, they're a team that is a legitimate contender in the Eastern Conference still. Chris, how are they describing what they're doing offensively without Darius, without Evan? They're describing it as digging into the analytics and leaning into those. Um, The Cavs have a, a number of different styles that they have discovered during this stretch, and I think That is probably the most important thing. Um, They're diversifying their offense. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of passing. At times, they've gone away from the high pick and roll, and they've used Jarrett Allen as like a trigger man in the offense, an offensive fulcrum. So it allows them to create actions off of that. But the biggest change, and everybody can see it, they're bombing three-pointers. when Darius Garland and Evan Mobley were lost and the Cavs felt like we need to play a different kind of style because we're going to have a different kind of personnel, they said, how can we best um, get through this stretch and implement a style and system that is going to match the personnel that we have? 
And when you bring Sam Merrill in and you take Evan Mobley and his non-shooting out, it changes how you can function on the offensive end. They're using more four-shooter lineups, and with more four-shooter lineups, you want to take more shots from the outside. So J.B. Bickerstaff and the analytics people got together, and they determined that shooting a bunch of threes based on their personnel was going to be their best path forward, and they're hoping each night to shoot between 40 and 45 three-pointers. And if they're going to shoot them at a high rate, the way that they have over the last two and a half to three weeks, then it's going to be a successful offense. And during this stretch, the Cavs um, are one of the most prolific three-point shooting teams, and they have one of the league's best offenses during the stretch, too. I wonder if that's sustainable, especially when the other guys come back, but I think only time tells on that. How critical has Karis LeVert been? Chris, I, I, I've loved Karras' game since he came into the league. And every time you turn around, it looks like he's doing something really good for this team. Yeah, him and George Niang are the two mainstays of the second unit. And look, I mean, George, he would probably tell you that he should be shooting better than he is. Um, he would probably tell you that maybe he hasn't been up to standard on the defensive end of the floor where he continues to get picked on and attacked. But those two guys are the stabilizing veterans of the second unit. And the other pieces around them are probably going to change every now and then. Nobody really expected Craig Porter Jr. to be as impactful as he's been. Um, Isaac Okoro, his production, his impact is probably going to fluctuate on a nightly basis. When Evan Mobley and Darius Garland get back to the lineup, Dean Wade's going to move back to the bench. And we all know that you know, he can be inconsistent in terms of um, his productivity. So to have two guys that JB feels like he can rely on um, that are going to give the same kind of effort on a nightly basis and something close to the same kind of production on a nightly basis is really, really important. Look, guys, you know this. The bench was a weak point of this team last year. The Cavs had the third lowest scoring bench in the entire NBA during the regular season. And that was exposed again in the playoffs where they got blitzed by the New York second unit. They got outplayed significantly in that series by New York's second unit, led by Emmanuel Quickly at that time. So the Cavs, you know, they went out this offseason and they said, we've got to fortify that bench. They brought in George Niang. They re-signed Karis LeVert, made him their top priority in free agency, brought in Damian Jones and Ty Jerome. Like, Ty Jerome hasn't played since the second game of the season. Damian Jones got replaced by Tristan Thompson in the rotation. But Karis LeVert is playing like a six-man-of-the-year candidate, and he's the leader of that second unit. He has created an identity for that second unit. And I think keeping him in the same role throughout the course of the season, the way that the Cavs have, rather than making him a starter, bringing him off the bench, making him a point guard, making him a small forward, and like all those different things that the Cavs did with him last year that led to one of the worst years of his career, like all of that stuff has changed. And there's a level of consistency with his usage, and there's been a level of consistency with his play. And it's why the Cavs have a middle of the pack um, bench, which is a significant step forward from last year. All right, Chris, what's this, the latest on Garland and Mobley? Where, where are we looking as far as injuries are concerned? So Darius had the wiring removed from his jaw yesterday. Um, that was four weeks from the time that his injury was announced. He was reevaluated while having 
the wiring removed, and he was given clearance to return to basketball-related activities. So that's a big step in this process. Um, so he was on the court last night before the game. He was getting shots up. He was simulating pick-and-roll sets and off-the-dribble sets and stuff like that. But, like, look, for a month, he wasn't able to do any kind of physical activity. No conditioning, no working out, because doctors would not let him, given the nature of his injury and the fact that he was sipping everything through a straw and everything that he ate was blended in a smoothie form, um, he was not able to increase his heart rate in any sort of way over the last month. So it's going to take him time to get back into playing shape, game shape. A source told me that it was going to be at least a week for him to ramp himself back up and be ready to actually play a meaningful basketball game. Um, And a source close to Darius told me about a week ago that he was targeting um, a return before the end of this month. So it feels like it's on the horizon. I do think – Yesterday was a big step forward for him, being able to get clearance for basketball-related activities. So now he can just push and try and get himself back into shape, and I do believe that he is going to be back before the end of this month. Um, Evan Mobley has resumed basketball-related activities, too. He doesn't have any kind of brace or any kind of sleeve on his knee. Um, I talked to him briefly last night in the locker room, and he told me that he was feeling good. He told me that he felt like he was still on the six- to eight-week timeline that was initially set when he went out. Um, And he told me that he hasn't had any setbacks, and he's being able to increase his physical activity on the court every single day. Actually, after shoot-around yesterday, he was on the court going through a workout, doing some jump shots, which was good to see. Um, So he's doing a little bit more in terms of his rehab and his recovery process Um, each day, each week, and it feels like his return is probably going to be at some point um, in early to mid-February, I would say. Chris Fedor joining us, covers the Cavs for the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Last week, I did a little digging because the Cavs have been playing well without these guys, and I thought, "This this feels a little weird. And it was a small sample size, obviously, just this season. But, Chris, the worst winning percentage the Cavs had with various combinations of guys who, when they played, when they didn't, was when Evan, Donovan, and Darius all played. And it just kind of screamed what I think our eyes show us, that they haven't quite figured out how to make that absolutely sing when all three of those guys are there. Because when they figure that out, they're going to be really tough to beat. How haven't they figured it out yet, and what do you think might need to happen for it to, to work the way that they envision it working. So that was also at a time where they were trying to figure some things out um, in terms of their roster changes and their personnel as well. So like at the beginning of the season, um, they were trying to learn how to play with Max Struess, a different style player that was occupying the small forward spot. They were trying to learn how to play with George Niang. Darius Garland was not right at the beginning of the season. He will be the first one to admit that. He just started feeling like himself and feeling healthy and in a good place physically and mentally shortly before he fractured his jaw, actually. Like the week right before then, he felt like he was really getting into his groove and getting into his rhythm. But I do think it's something, guys, that they're going to have to figure out as they go. And look, part of it is if Evan Mobley is going to play the power forward spot and he's going to play next to Jared Allen, 
it changes the space. It changes the offensive dynamic. It changes some of the things that the Cavs can do on the offensive end of the floor. Um, Now, they had been okay with that reality because they were gaining so much on the defensive end. And I do still think that there's a huge benefit to having Jared Allen and Evan Mobley together and what that means for the Cavs' defense. But it comes at the expense of their offense. And I think they just have to find a better blend. They have to figure out how can we implement some of the things that we have found during the last month and blend that together with who we are and who we want to be. And how can we diversify our offensive attack when both of those guys are in there and the spacing is different, the paint is more crowded, the floor itself is more crowded, and we don't have as many shooters on the court to bomb away 40 to 45 three-pointers. And it's going to take time, guys. It's not going to be seamless. The Cavs aren't going to continue um, to just roll the way that they have offensively and defensively during this stretch when Darius and Evan come back, because I do think there are going to be growing pains attached to that. I always think there are growing pains when you reintegrate important pieces of, of your offense and of your defense. Um, so I do think it's just going to continue to be a work in progress as this season goes on. And I think the thing that they need together more than anything else is just reps and time when everybody is playing at their best and seeing what it all looks like. Kobe Altman's never been shy at making trades. Trade deadline's about a month away. Do you expect anything small, big, anything at all? I do expect something, guys. I don't think it's going to be significant. I think they're going to continue to take the same approach that they did this past offseason where it was, let's keep the core in place, but let's improve around the margins. And um, they believe in this group. They believe in their top eight, nine guys in this rotation. Um, But part of the, the reason why they wanted a buyout with Ricky Rubio is to free up that roster spot. And now it gives them optionality to potentially take on a two-for-one type deal. And everything that I hear around the NBA from my sources around the NBA is that the Cavs are looking at that direction, Uh, dipping into their depth, trading away two guys potentially to improve either a three and D spot, either the backup power forward spot, either the backup point guard spot. I don't think that they're locked in on, okay, there's only one kind of player that we're going to hunt at the trade deadline. I think they're going to look for the best fit, the most talented player, and the best player um, that can allow them to play the kind of style that they want to play. Um, And I do think that, you know, beyond the core four, maybe even core five, if you want to look at that, Dean Wade, Isaac Okoro, those type of players, I would believe are viewed as the quote-unquote most expendable. Um, Sam Merrill probably mixed in there too. So the Cavs are kind of looking at the framework of, okay, if we piece two of those guys together and maybe toss in some future draft capital in the form of second-round picks, like what kind of player does that get us back? Can that get us a guy like P.J. Washington? Can that get us a guy like DeAndre Hunter? Can that get us Dorian Finney-Smith is giving up what we would be giving up in that package and what we would be taking back? Is that going to make us better? So I do think that they are looking for a way 
to improve the top eight in this rotation. I do think that they're going to consider the possibility of getting an insurance policy or maybe even a better option than George Niang. Um, but, but I also don't think that they're going to overreact and panic and start making something significant. Because like I said, they believe in this roster and they want to see what it actually looks like when these guys are all healthy, all together and clicking at the same time. And they haven't gotten a chance for an honest assessment at the roster that they constructed this past off season. So before they do something significant, before they push that button, they're going to, they owe it to themselves really to figure out what this looks like first. Chris, I, I just want to ask you about, the, it's kind of a weird scheduling quirk coming up here. Five games, um, one, the Milwaukee tomorrow yeah. at home, and then Milwaukee on the back end of this, uh, where it's Milwaukee, Milwaukee with a four-game road trip. I'm just curious, I mean, we're a couple years into that where, you know, you'll play a team twice in a row, although it feels mm-hmm. like it's a lot this year. What, what's the general reaction on that? Players still like it? Coaches like it? Who, does anyone like it? or? or yeah, players like it okay. because you're able to stay in the same city because there's less travel involved in it. And it's not a playoff thing. You can't duplicate playoff intensity in January. But it's the same kind of idea where you play against a team one time, you see the strengths and the weaknesses, and you can make some corrections, you can make some adjustments from that. Um, but the most important thing is just how it affects Um, whether they would travel to the next city, whether they would sleep in the same place and just like not having to leave an arena and get on a plane and go to a new destination and arrive in that new destination at three, four in the morning is something that has allowed for better recovery for all the teams around the NBA. And every player that I've talked to inside the organization um, likes the baseball series setup. It's the way it is. All right, Chris, thank you very much. You know we're always reading you. Uh, Cleveland.com, Plain Dealer. You're the man. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, buddy. You got to guess. Anytime. Right. Thank you. Chris was on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Interesting stuff. Let's dive into the Cavaliers. I also want to talk about coaching in the NFL and how tricky it can be and is firing them the right answer. Time now for a 2020, Andrew Hody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mary Kay Cabot will join us at 11. Chris Fedor just joined us, both from Cleveland.com. Chris talked about some interesting things. Jeff, I thought your last, uh, your last question, Chris, was super interesting. Where Well, the answer was interesting. The question just teed him up. Don't you think? Not really, but okay. I thought the question was interesting. I thought the answer was interesting, too. Can you take a compliment? You're so pleasant, man. Can you take a compliment? I can't tell you how much I enjoy working with you. Uh, I can feel it the last couple days. I mean, you keep calling me constantly after the show when I'm not here. It's just sometimes it's a burden. The hug after the show gets a little much from Yeah, I'm not not down with that. Not down with that at all. Um, 216-474-0092. Now, going back to that and trying to – this, uh, just kind of figure out exactly what Chris was saying as far as sh- what will the Cavs do, you know, as they, when this trade deadline comes up. active. They are. It's a good point. So he uh, he talked about that. I don't, Jeff, what, what do you think they're going to do? It, it seems to me, Andy, that this – and, again, I've, I've talked about, you know, the mix of this team and, and how I don't think it's a great mix. But if they can figure it out, with Donovan, Darius, and Evan without ruling out Jared Allen and still having Karras coming off the bench and, and doing his thing, that's a really nice group. I mean, that's there's a lot of talent there. But talent in and of itself in the NBA doesn't win you games. You know, you, you've got to work as a unit more than I think any other sport. Hockey, maybe the exception. Yeah. And they, I don't think they have figured it out. Chris and I... I talked to Chris about that with those numbers. Dan and I went all over it last week that their record when Evan and Darius and Donovan are all playing together is the worst winning percentage of the bunch. It does seem odd, though. It, well, it seems really weird. It, it screams to me they haven't figured it out. Chris had some reasons why, valid. Mm-hmm. But I, I would not be the least bit surprised because some of these other guys have had a chance to play a little bit if they could clean up their roster by bringing in one bigger piece than a couple of the guys they might trade. That's at, tough to do, though. At what expense? Here's what Chris had to say about it. All can three it? of those guys would be terrific additions. But can that? Packaging the guys that he's talking I, about. I don't know. It seems light. It, it it does seem light. Weird trades happen in the NBA. Andy. Sometimes just to match dollars and get out of guaranteed years down the road and blah, 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 blah. Teams make deals that you wouldn't think they would make. If the Cavs can tap into one of those and bring in a key guy out on the wing, I think it helps drastically. You know, I, I don't think they're very big. They, I think, as Chris said, you could use another backup at power forward. Right. Uh, you could have used that. You know, you had one last year in Kevin Love, and that didn't work out. You moved him along. Kevin's doing a nice job for Miami still. But I think you could add something like that if you find the right time and team. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I get it. I'm still a, a little perplexed about Kevin. Yeah, he's done a really nice job. He's playing well for Miami. He's He's been injured. It doesn't surprise anybody. But when he's been out there, he's played. He's done a real nice job. Andy is in North Homestead. Andy. Hello, Andy. 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 Hey, Jeff. Andy, how's it going, you two? Good. Hey, I want to follow up what Chris had said, uh, specifically the three names that he had mentioned. I mean, of the three names, the one that I would be least interested in is Dorian Finney-Smith. He's 30 years old. 
I, I, he doesn't really do a lot for me, Jeff, to be honest. But a couple of the names that he mentioned do, and what Andy had mentioned to kind of prelude that, I, I think the names that Chris had mentioned, it's going to take more to get some of those guys. So here we go. See, I do, I do too. The, so what do you do to do that? Like, I, I like P.J. Okay, Washington, here, Andy. I, okay. Je- Jeff, here we go. I got the trade. Okay. All right, all right. First of all, uh, it, the Atlanta Hawks are reeling right now. They're definitely going to have a big shakeup. They have their own picks, so tanking makes sense for them, unlike some other teams. When you look at the investment that the Cavs made, follow me, you guys, with uh, Max Struess. Max Struess is not a starting small forward. I'm sure you guys would agree with that, like in a perfect world. In a perfect world, oh, Max is a great shooting guard coming off the bench. Hey, Jeff, that's where I'm going to put him, okay? This is, this is my suggestion. And remember, you got to give up something to get something. Okay, and, you know, the more I watch basketball to you guys, boy, that defense is so important in the fourth quarter. You need stops, and that's why I'm so proud when I see Dean doing what he's doing and finally having that, uh, you know, he's finally pulling the trigger on things. But here's a trade in a nutshell. The Cavaliers send, because this is to get Max off the bench, Jeff. It's like a 2-3. We send Karis LeVert and the hometown kid Isaac Okoro, and I like those guys a lot for DeAndre Hunter. This why I don't know what you think about that because, you know, I mean, could you imagine a defensive front we would have with Hunter who can play the three and he can play some small ball four? He's yeah. legitimate six eight. I, I like uh, I like DeAndre Hunter. I I really like Karis LeVert. I you I, know Jeff. I know you do. Andy, you're right though. Yeah, you got to give up something to get something. Jeff, think about it though. And I like Karis too. Okay, but he's kind of a ball dominant guy. So can you really have him out there with Garland and Mitchell? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. That's, that's my, that, yeah, Andy, that goes back to my mix thought. You know, you got to get the right mix, and I, I just think this team is screaming for somebody at small forward, who you don't have to ask, boy, do we have one? Or well, he's not really a small forward. You know, Max Max Drews is a great guy to have on the team. I like Max on the team, and, and I love Andy's thought of bringing him off the bench at the two. I don't like him at small forward. And the, you've got him at small forward, and you've got two six-one guards in the backcourt. I mean, you can you can tweak this and get a much better mix if Darius, Donovan, and Evan can all reach their potential as a group together. And I, I, I all three guys are great talents. You got to make it work, though. Hunter, twenty-four games, just under fifteen points, fourteen point nine points per game, and, and, and he's never been four point one uh, rebounds. I'd say Andy, he's been a little underachieving in his NBA career, mm-hmm. but he fills a real spot for the Cavs, and I think he'd be a nice fit there. Uh, Nelson Avon Lake, quickly M- more so than PJ Washington. Hey PJ. guys, how are you? Good, hey, Nelson. Jeff, Jeff, I got to give you credit because you you've been very outspoken about the Donovan you know, trade and how much we gave up for him. And, and I'll be honest, I, I was seduced by, by the trade as well, by the name. And, and, and I love Chris, but, but I have to disagree. I think that this is more than just this team needs more time. This is a roster construction issue. I mean, the Cavs seemingly all of a sudden are playing the best basketball of the season. They're spacing, the ball's moving. You have, outside shooting, you know, Allen is playing terrific in the middle. And I, I think that it, when those guys come back, right, um, I, I think we're going to have the same issues we were having before. Mm. Nelson, interesting. 
Same issues. Unless they fix it. You know, what Nelson is saying are the the numbers that, that I dug up last week where the team has had a better winning percentage with various other groups of players when one of those guys is out. It makes no sense, but it, it just shows how delicate the balance is in, in the NBA. You've got to work as a team. You've got to work as a unit. It's got to click. I, Donovan's a beast. Darius, I think, is outstanding. I've talked about Darius since he was a rookie and everybody was ragging on him. And I think Evan Mobley is a potential superstar. But if they don't work well together, it doesn't help you win to the extent that you want to win. You don't make that Donovan trade, Danny, to finish fourth or fifth or sixth. Yeah. All right, more Cavs. We'll talk about that. We're also going to get into coaching in the NFL. Baskin Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, speaking of podcasts, there's a big one coming out this week, probably. you got to think so. It would be pretty big. Um, New Heights with Jason and Travis Kelsey. And... um, Jason letting his teammates know. You could see it at the end of the game last night when the Eagles lost and he started hugging his coaching staff um, that Jason had probably played his last game. And so when, all kinds of When reports. they took the shot and he had the yeah. tears in his eyes, yeah. that was like, oh, man, that hurts. They followed him all off the field. Yeah, you know, you that could, hurt. You could see it coming. And, and so, but he's, I mean, he's been so banged up the last couple of years. Every, I, I want to say for the last three or four years, when I, we've talked about Jason Kelsey, we had to, we were wondering whether he was going to retire or not, and you could tell that it was, it was kind of in the plans. So you know, the last chance to play his brother again in a Super Bowl ended last night, um, and so now he'll step down. Uh, it sounds like he's stepping sounds down, like stepping it, yeah. away from mm-hmm. the game. And you know, I just I remember talking to him when he was in college. It feels like it was just yesterday um, when he was at Cincinnati. And so um, I, you know, I, I look at him and he has, <laughs> he has you know, made a mark on this game as a center, as a center. Right. <laughs> and I do think that part of it yeah. came about when he wore the mummers outfit during their parade after they won the Super Bowl, because he completely a thousand percent embraced himself into, you know, Philadelphia and how they feel about things in Philadelphia. So, 
Um, I, I say congratulations to him. I mean, who does this? What's how many centers are out there that are making a name for themselves? It's uh, it's really true, Andy. Good for him. Really, you know, he's very entertaining. And when he was on that Amazon pregame, halftime, postgame stuff, and he was great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, he was just great. And there's no other way to put it. He'll be, if he wants to, he'll be working somewhere in broadcasting next year, and he'll make a lot of money doing it. And whether it's in the studio, you know, whether it's, you know, as an analyst pregame, postgame, whether it's doing color, you know, he, he could do that. He'd be great. But he was, he was really good. And, you know, he's the kind of guy, certainly, Andy, we follow him here. Sure. You in particular, because he's went to your high school. Well, I but, just, I always go back to my first time that I was interviewing him. I was over at the ABC and, uh, we hooked up with him on Skype. He was in his dorm room at UC, and there were seriously like seven empty pizza boxes behind him. <laughs> and I was like, uh, it's an offensive lineman. I man. was like, hey, man, any chance you want to clean up behind you before you hop on the air here with me? And he was like, oh, nah, let's just keep going. Let's just do it. So the pizza boxes were in the background. And see, that's. I'll never forget that. Yeah, that's right. You know, one, one thing that he came back for another year, and you weren't sure whether he was. I having not played in the NFL, I can only imagine this is, is the case. You remember when, when Joe Thomas, and, and I've used the line, he never missed a snap until he did. Right. Then he never played another. And Joe left the field with that torn bicep, and he was done. Right. And he seemed to embrace it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he jumped into his next life. I mean, life. He, he could have come back, but he didn't. And I, I remember, you know, hearing from Joe, man, I, I couldn't wait to get this weight off of me. And, you know, he, the guy dropped 80 pounds or whatever it was, and he's embraced his new life. I can only imagine the physical beating that these guys take. Offensive linemen get into a fight on every play. Sure. Every play. At some point, even if you love it, man, that's got to wear a little thin, doesn't it? And so I, I could imagine Jason just saying, thank you, everybody. I'm on to do some other things, and I'm not going to feel like, you know what, every Monday morning and then have to try and get myself back ready to go by Sunday. Yeah, I wonder what it's like to get out of bed and not be sore. Yeah. And the other thing, too, I think you you talked about it. I remember um, Howie Long was the same kind of guy yeah. when he finished the game and how much weight he lost as soon as he was done playing. I mean, Howie was gigantic. And now you see him on TV now, and you can be like, he's still in great shape, but he... he looks like a shooting guard. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. And I, yeah. I got to think that that, that you see also... That, you see that with some guys. Dave Dave Pizzulli, Oh, yeah. Who used to play nose tackle for the Browns. I don't Dave's still in the area. And I, I knew Dave when he was playing. He retired. A couple of years later, I ran into, ran into him somewhere. And this guy came up to me, and he just said, hey, Jeff. And I turned around, and I said, hey, I'm, I'm Jeff Phelps. And he cussed at me and said, yeah, I'm Dave Pizzulli, you. Yes. And I, I said, what did you do? And Dave told me, he said, I had to eat like six or seven meals a day to keep my weight up. Oh, I believe it. And like Joe Thomas has said, you know, Joe would have the afternoon stop at a local hamburger spot and load up before dinner. And Dave had to do the same thing, apparently. And Dave just went back to eating like a normal human being and the weight just dropped off of him. That can't, you know, that's not good for the body. And I can't imagine, you know, that that's though it's got to be great to play in the NFL. That's a little bit of a burden you got to deal with while you're playing. So, 
I would think some guys just embrace the opportunity. Hey, that was great. Now it's time for something but else. But you can also see how it's hard for some of these guys to lose the weight when they're done playing too. I mean, yeah. Especially I when you're eating. certainly can see that. Yeah, when you're eating four or five, six, seven, eight meals a day to stay bulked up so you can stay on the offensive or defensive line, yeah. offensive line more. So, but, um, you know, I look at that and I'm like, wow, man. So it'll be interesting to see what Jason does next. Um, if but you they've were, been if, great. What I mean, would you Jason like to Travis, see him do? What would you like to see? Oh, him I'd love do? to see him go on camera. I'd like to would see you? him go. Do, I I think he would be a great analyst. I you know we he was so sharp it was that. ridiculous. I, I definitely think he could. I you know that, and he put himself kind of in that position with the practicing on with their podcast. I mean that's all those guys do is talk. Yeah, Travis and Jason. I would like to see him go back and play hockey personally. Uh, yeah, it's going to happen. I would bet when Travis retires, he does not go into broadcasting, but goes into acting. Oh, that's not a bad In some call. way. Yeah. How about, uh, I, mean, I know no one wants to talk about Taylor Swift anymore, but did you see who designed that jacket? Kyle Juszczyk's Kyle wife. Right. The yeah. whole, it's the whole Cleveland I looked at a that. video on that today. How, on, how on she that. does it? Yeah. Yeah, she, that's not the first one that she's made. No, she's done a lot. She has one for her husband. Yeah. Right? That, I saw that, that's too. That's where that started. It's actually kind of neat. You know, Kyle's from here. Right. That's why. That's why everything comes back to Northeast Ohio. Cloverleaf Colt, baby. Right? Everything comes back to Northeast Ohio. You got a point? Uh a little bit of a left turn on this whole yeah. thing, too. Also, Joe Flacco's birthday today. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we saw Yeah, it. happy birthday, Joe Flacco. And, Joe, thank you for what you did. I don't mean the interceptions. You you interrupted our fashion conversation over Joe Flacco's birthday? Well, yeah. I mean, have you seen what we wear every single day? Would you take advice from us? Stop, but did you think the jacket was cool that she was wearing? Oh, I thought it was really sharp. I, I did, too. And I, for, at first, I was like, this it was custom-made, obviously. Yeah, at first, I was like, that thing's kind of. And then I, it kind of grew on me. When she walked in, and I, I made a joke when I came in, hey, wonder who, she, wonder who she's dating. <laughs> are we over that? Are we over this story? Because it's going to get, I mean, if Kansas City keeps winning, she's going to get, the story's going to elevate to where it was in the beginning. She, I don't know she was sitting next to, to Mrs. Kelsey. To Donna, yeah. And, and um, Patrick Mahomes' wife. You know, for most Randy, of the game. It? Is it Randy? I don't know. I, think it's I don't know what her name is. Yeah. All I know is she's Patrick's wife. And seems to be a nice gal. But they started dancing in their seats to some whatever was playing. Yeah. man, There were people killing them on social media. It almost looked like they were going to throw themselves out of those seats. I was afraid that Taylor was going to get hurt. Couldn't have that. She was moving like crazy, man. There were some. I I saw it, and then I was trying to figure out. I saw it without audio. So I was trying to figure out um, how. Oh, Brittany. Her name is Brittany, not Randy. I don't know. Brittany Mahomes, um, that what were they dancing to? And so I looked, and then I'm like, I'm going to look at the comments on this one. Was it and, one of her songs? Oh, I don't know. I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear what the song was. I don't. Did you? Could you tell what the song? I was? I got nothing. I just saw a bunch of people having fun and went, Oh, yeah. look, they're having and they fun. were they're having a blast at a game. And like, there were people like, Oh, she's you know, look at me, look at me, look at me. And then there were other people like, No, she's being a regular person at a football game trying right. to have fun. And though she's probably has a camera on her all game long, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to just sit there and I'm enjoying the football game. Yeah, I read some crazy comment. I'm not going to just do that. I read one crazy comment. It's like the NFL producers want her on all the time. Like, yeah, they First sure of do. all, it's not even the NFL doesn't have producers at the game. It's the networks that are doing it. And the networks know that there are people watching the game because they want to see her reaction to if Travis scores. That's all there is to it. There it is. And they're devastated when somebody else scores. Right. Speaking of scores, it's Beatlemania, four to seven. Super. Wait a minute, that's backwards. No, seven to four. 
Thank you. Frank Stamps. Oh, by the way, did you do a quick prediction on Friday? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, we it? rocked it, baby. I'm sure you did. Frank Stamps, former Browns linebacker, joins us next. Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 